Welcome to Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. So if, like me, you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here? Whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, or somewhere in between paths to success. My guest today is a pro when it comes to journalism and marketing, and I'm definitely looking to lift some advice from her. She's the general manager for Content Marketing Institute and has been a part of the Informa family for more than 20 years. As the GM of CMI, she leads the brand's events and digital operations and gets to work with the best team on the planet, and I can absolutely attest to that. Coming to us from Washington, Washington, D.C., where she too keeps company with four with the furry four-leggers, I am so excited to welcome Stephanie Stahl. Welcome, Stephanie, to Uncharted Journeys. Hi, it is so good to see you, Kathy. So good to see you again so soon. Uh, that's me. right. We're just we're just coming off the back of uh, Content Tech in San Diego. So I've heard some horror stories. How were your travels home? Travels were okay. They were okay. All things considered, they were okay. You know, a little delay at the start, Um you know, made ever so more unfortunate because it was a red eye, you know, and that's bad enough. But then you add a delay on top of it, it's fine. Got home safely. It was all good. All good. Well, that's really great. And the event was fantastic. I had so many wonderful one-on-one conversations with the attendees. And of course, you know, the speakers were great as well. And I just want to go on the record. So Team Kathy won the battle against Team Robert for that final session. Just just got to squeeze that in there. Yeah, there might be some photographic proof just to, if you needed backup, I think there is some proof. So, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I gave a little bit of intro on you, but do you want to tell our audience a little bit more about you and, and what you're doing these days? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I guess I need to update my bio a little bit because I actually just celebrated my 30th year here at this company. Well, congratulations. Yeah, it's somewhat, um, I mean, it could either be crazy or, you know, really um, great. I'm not sure, depending on how you look at it, um, staying at a company for so long. But really, um, it's sort of like the product of three different companies. You know, I started 30 years ago with a family-run business in New York that was acquired by UBM, and then UBM was acquired by Informa. So really, I've worked for three companies in this you know, time, these 30 years, and each with very different cultures. And each at a time when something, you know, massive was going on in the industry, you know, big changes and, and whatnot to the industry. So it really does feel like I've worked for multiple companies, even though I'm celebrating my, my 30th year here. Well, that is quite the attestation to survive multiple acquisitions and still be there and still smiling. So uh, good on you. Um, All right. So let's get to it and start the topic of the day. And we'll start with our rapid fire Q&A. So what is the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? I wanted to be a journalist in elementary school. Yeah. I think I'm one of the few people who decided that early on and actually stuck with it. But not to brag, but I was the uh, editor of my elementary school newspaper, which oh. was a single piece of paper that was photocopied, you know, with those old style photocopiers where you had to add that really heavy toner and everybody wanted to do it because it smelled good. Um, but yeah, from from the get go, I wanted to be a journalist. So when you say toner, are we talking like ditto machine? Yes, that's what we're talking oh, about. I remember. And the pages were wet. Yep. Yep, you had to wait for them to dry before we could hand them out. And, you know, I was the editor. I was a writer for it. I was a copier. I was a distributor. Pretty much like we do with content now in a digital way. But, uh, yeah, yeah. 
That's no fantastic. <laughs> All right. So who is the first big influence of your life? So, you know, Kathy, I feel like that question is like choosing a favorite child <laughs> or a favorite dog, which I could never do. Um, but I mean, I'm fortunate, you know, being in the industry and business for so long, I've had so many great influencers. I mean, I, I guess I could really give credit from a career standpoint to one of my bosses very early on who promoted me to a position that I don't think he thought or I thought I was really quite ready for, but it was going to push me out of a comfort zone. And I, you know, I, I took it. I took it. I embraced it. Uh, it made me work harder. Um, and I sort of appreciated that. And I've tried to have that sort of mentality with my own direct reports, you know, trying to push people out of a comfort zone, not to ask them to, you know, work twice as hard or anything like that. But sometimes that's what we needed. And I was appreciative of that. So I would definitely put credit there. I'd also give credit to, you know, my bosses early on, too, who, um, you know, let me deal with raising children and working and with a really great balance, you know, and, and I don't, I don't think I could have stuck in this job if I didn't have that opportunity, you know, the whole work from home that we all do now, I had that opportunity early on when I was traveling a lot, when my children were really young and that kept me interested in this company. So here I am. Well, that's amazing. I mean, certainly having, you know, a boss, one who pushed you, who recognized like, you know what, you go and, and, and do things and, and try new things, but also it is, it's tough finding there's, I don't think there, you know, balance. I've always tried to come up with a different word for balance because, you know, it, it infers that you're teetering precariously one way or the other. Right. And, right. and sometimes it's, it's more right to be focused on work and sometimes it's more appropriate to be focused on the family. Like it's, but it is finding that, that give and get. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't like the word balance either. I think it's more of an integration, if anything, which, which sounds so technical, but it, it really is, you know, it's, it's an integration. So. Yeah, absolutely. So what song would you say epitomizes your career path? I would love to choose a song by U2 because they are my favorite band. And anytime I get to talk about U2 music, and Bono, I'm happy, but I couldn't think of the perfect song for that. So then I started thinking, like, um, do you remember Elvis Costello? Were you an Elvis Costello fan? Oh, huge. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Yeah, same. And every day I write the book, you know, I thought was a yeah. good was a good one because pretty much every day of my career, I have done some sort of writing or editing or creating in some sort of way. Sometimes more fun than others. But, you know, and then I read this article about that song when he was writing it and he didn't feel like it was his best, his best work. Right. He didn't put everything into it that he had done for other songs. And, you know, he was just going to see what the heck turned out to be one of his biggest hits. So it's kind of a lesson in content creation. You know, you can pour hundreds of hours into something or less. And sometimes the less is going to get you more ROI. So. Yeah, it's a good. Now, one. have you have you heard him and his wife Diana Krall sing that? Yes. Yeah. Oh Amazing. my gosh! You, like they have twins. How that that's just how are they not going to be musical geniuses? Right. With those parents. I mean, we're counting on it. I mean, it's just a given, right? Better be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then um, if uh, what would the street name for your career be if it were an actual road? So I guess if I play off of my career anniversary, it could be something like 30, 
digital avenue with the cross streets of event lane and content lane? I don't know. <laughs> That's a really hard question. That's a really hard question, but yeah, it is. And, and for those of us who don't, and I'm not grouping you into this, who don't consider ourselves um, really creative individuals. It's a, it's a question when I was coming up with them, it's like, okay, this really makes people think like it really, you know, and, and the couple of conversations that I've had, because you are, you know, episode four, is has been interesting. So some of them very literal, others, you know, right out there. So um, that's okay. It's okay to be literal. Yeah, mine was pretty um, literal. Pretty literal. And I like the fact that you gave like a particular spot. So it's 30, number 30 on Digital Avenue. Yeah. Like we know exactly where to find you. You know exactly where. And if you need a little help with those cross streets, they're there. It's like a Manhattan block, okay? I can start telling you what deli is on the corner too if you want, but we probably don't have time for that. So. <laughs> I think maybe we'll close with that. I like that idea. Um, so, you know, like you said, there's there's not many of us who have had a pretty straight um, and not narrow. You've certainly had such a broad spectrum of experience through your career, but 30 years with one company and pretty much in the same industry is – is is not common anymore. I mean, people are jumping ship. We've got the great resignation or reassignment, as, as one of my guests has spoken about, going on. But what has your career journey looked like through those those multiple acquisitions, you know, breaking in new bosses, becoming the boss, and applying those lessons? You know, what's what's today what's today looking like for you compared to, you know, 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have had the opportunity to see the pendulum swing a number of times in different ways, right? When I started my career, it was print, 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 right? That's what we did, print magazines. That's what, if you wanted a career in journalism, you're either going to do print magazines or you're going to be on television, right? Print, print, print. Then it was the, oh my God, print is dead phase, right? Print will, will never survive. Then I was like, okay, wait, yeah, print's still here but it's all about digital. And then it was video on the web. And then it was the, you know, the whole dot-com era and then the bust, you know, like I've seen, I've seen so many transitions, right. In the market through my career from, you know, just the, the economy, but also just in the types of content that we produce and where we produce them. And I, you know, I feel like I've sort of been on the leading edge of so many trends. You know, we, we did like one of the first email newsletters that any media company had ever done. And this is back when every story would have its, you know, headline and subhead. And then the whole story was in the email. And I remember those. Roll down and get to the next story, the next story, you know, hyperlinks weren't really a thing then. Um, same thing with video on the web. When we started doing it, it was like this, you know, untested world of the average you know, business person or consumer putting video on a website, you know, how is this being recorded? Now it's so easy, right? So I've seen really cool trends start up. I've seen some fail, obviously, through the years, but um, I, the next decade, there's going to be something else, you know, that we'll be talking about later. Like, can you believe we were doing that? And now look what we're doing. But I love it. That's what's so great about this industry. My background, I started off internal comms and I can remember I used to print an employee newsletter. So it was a, a 11 by 17 folded, you know, so four pages and we had, you know, who's coming and who's going and, and the stories and they had to fit, you know, a certain space and the number of words and kerning and all that kind of thing. And when I wanted to move it to an email 
people were like, what do you mean? Right. And again, it was like, everything was there. It was just in this really long email, which everybody printed, which everybody um, printed. You might take it on an airplane with you. If you happen to be traveling or share it with somebody, cause it was printed. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, of the, um, the things that have come and gone, and certainly there, there have been many, um, is there something that you saw on the horizon that you thought, Oh, this is either going to work brilliantly and failed or, there's no way this is going to take off. And then it totally did. Gosh, that's a good question. Um, I, I was a big believer in video on the web when we first were experimenting with it. And it was super expensive and, and all of that. And I remember thinking, too, as soon as I can do a video conference, because we called them video conferences back then, because uh, we, we used to have to go in like big rooms and things like that. So, but as soon as I can do that on my phone, that is a game changer to me personally, because I just wanted to be traveling somewhere and be able to see my kids, you know, like talk to my kids that way. To me, that was the game changer and I was rooting for it. And it seems so mysterious then. So to me, that's one of the sort of shining moments of technology and media, you know, and personal, you know, things, personal life that improved because of that capability. And now look at it, you know, we can go anywhere pop on a video call, do whatever we want. You know, it's so easy. Um, so I, a lot of people weren't believers in that way back when. I definitely was. Uh, it just, we just needed to get it to a point where it was more affordable and higher quality. And maybe we're still saying that today with some systems, higher quality, <laughs> but at least it's affordable. <laughs> yes, for, for our audience, uh, Stephanie and I both had to reboot our systems before we recorded this because and un, to be unnamed uh, solution that is supposed to enable our workday made it such that our video and audio was not working. So yes, yeah. um, moving forward, we won't name the the uh, <laughs> the actual product or platform. So you you've stuck with it. You you wanted to be an editor as a as a as a young girl and and grew up to be just that. So you filled your shoes and then brimmed over, quite frankly, with the accomplishments that you've had. And as you said, you know, our, the industry has changed so much from, you know, what an editor did, you know, 30 years ago to what you're doing as a GM and directing the events and, and experiences of so many people um, day after day, quite frankly, event by event, both internal teams um, and external. So has there been a defining moment or decision where you've, you know, you said, yes, this is the direction I want to go, or maybe a an inflection point where you almost took the left turn at Digital Street and, and got off and moved away from, from 30 digital, digital Street. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I say this to sort of the next gen of uh, workers all the time, um, high school students, college students. You know, when I decided to go into journalism and study journalism in college, I thought, yeah, I'm going to National Geographic. That's where I want to work. Maybe the New York Times, but National Geographic. I want to do that. That's glamorous. You know, I could go all over the world and and create content and it would be amazing. But I really started working for a publisher that was in the high tech industry. And at the time, I'm like, eh, you know, this isn't this isn't that exciting, you know, but it was a job. You know, everybody needs that entry level job. It was one of the best decisions I ever made because and this is the advice I give to, you know, up and coming journalism students um, or content marketers, you know, anybody who creates content, creating content in any industry can be wildly interesting. 
I mean, I, you know, because I started in the tech side of things, I had the opportunity to interview some really amazing people, you know, through the years, people who've made a huge impact on our lives as business people, as consumers. Um, I've had a huge opportunity with in the world of content marketing to do the same thing. So it's almost like we need to to look at content um, as the thing you are creating and separate it from where you ultimately will place that content, right? It may be in a highly targeted um, digital magazine. It may be for an event. It might be for a podcast, you know, but if you can kind of step back and say, if you want to be a content creator, you know, then stop worrying about exactly where it's going to end up and focus on the content creation process itself. And maybe you end up in high tech. Maybe you end up in retail. Maybe you do go to National Geographic or wherever you you know think is the most glamorous place to go. And um, it's, I don't know, it's just one of those things where I feel like we shouldn't get too focused on the place before the creative work. So that's really great advice. I love that. And I got to jump back. So you have interviewed some amazing people. I have been very jealous to watch you up on stage, um, particularly at Content Marketing World. Who's been your favorite? Ah, uh, gosh, in, in modern days, uh, my favorite is Tina Fey. I mean, yeah, I am such a fan. Uh, and she's such a genuinely warm person and so funny and so smart. And um, that's definitely uh, one of my favorites. Back in the days of the technology world, I had the opportunity to interview Bill Gates a few times. Wow. Um, really interesting person. And also see the human side of people, you know, in some of these interviews. Bill Gates and I had kids about the same time. We shared kid stories, you know, what we were doing to raise our kids and, you know, the sort of the human side, which I love to try to pull out as journalists. You know, you try to get that sort of personal side of people. Um, but I've just had so many opportunities for in the high tech world, um, you know, Mark Benioff, Salesforce, Larry Ellison, uh, like I said, Bill Gates. Um, back then, I used to think this, these are great, but where are the women? You know, and that was always yeah. A struggle for me, you know, like I would rather be interviewing powerful women. Not that I, you know, didn't appreciate my time with some of these other people. Uh, but getting back to Tina Fey, <laughs> that was a good opportunity, of course. Yes. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had some really good opportunities through my life. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you brought up the, the point that we, we are in a tech world. Um, my day-to-day is, is content and technology and, and the crossroads of, of that. And like you said, you know, it's still very heavily weighted men, men to women. Uh, you and I are working to change that. So you go, girl. Keep going on that path. Absolutely. You too. And with your current role, you know, I know we're both passionate about women advocacy and, and equity and all those kinds of things. And, you know, what is it that makes you get up in the morning? What are some of the challenges and what are some of the compromises you've faced and are maybe still facing that perhaps you thought by, you know, 2022, it, it wouldn't be such a thing? Well, um, sort of that uh, gender balance is a big one. Um, and um, I I worked really hard on it. My team has worked really hard on it in trying to uh, change the way 
Um, we approach everything we do, whether it's an event or the blogs that we write. Um, we try to make sure we are focused on that because when we look at, if I look at the content marketing world audience, for example, just because that's our big event. So I'll use that as an example. Um, it's definitely weighted towards women. There are more women. We don't ask the question. We don't ask gender questions when people register, but just looking at the audience, you can see, you know, it's weighted towards women. So, you know, a few years ago, we were just like, we have got to do a better job at bringing in more women speakers. We've got to do a better job bringing in more diverse speakers. I mean, we, it, and we can't just let it happen organically. We can't just say, all right, submit. If you get chosen, you know, you're in. We have to work harder at making sure the program and the speakers that we're having represent our community, you know, look like our community. So um, it we're not perfect by any means. And it's something I feel like we need to keep working on. And that's one of the things I think about when I wake up every day. Okay, how are we going to do a better job today? So, and I appreciate that my company, the parent company Informa, um, has similar values and is trying harder to be better at that in terms of hiring, um, in terms of, you know, things across the board for all of our brands. And so, again, not perfect by any means, but when I can be surrounded by people who care enough to work harder, then it makes me want to work harder. So, yeah. And I've got to say that, you know, we've known each other for five or six years now, and, and I am so appreciative to be an adjunct to the, the, the CMI family. Um, and I've really seen you set that stage. I've seen you find the balance and work hard to find that balance, whether it's in, in the team makeup or from a speaker representation. I know we've had several conversations about who else can we get for content tech and for, for content marketing world to have better representation. So, you know, I, kudos to you and um, keep, keep, keep at it. Thank you. Um, and thank you for your help because you're, you're more than just adjunct. You're, you're really kind of part of our family here, Kathy. Aww. You're so, you're so generous with your time and expertise and, and, um, you know, help when we need to fill a gap or something. And yeah, you're, you're really part of the family here. So. Well, thank you very much. I'll take that. So I know you're living your dream. You wanted to be in journalism and an editor from a young age and you're doing it. But if you weren't doing this, what, what would you be doing? What would be your career? I would like to be a teacher, like a high school, college level teacher. Now, I say that, and I, and I currently also see like all of my friends who are teachers that I am friends with on various social media. They're among the most unhappy people <laughs> right now for, for a lot of reasons, right? So separating some of the surrounding reasons that would make the teaching profession um, you know, not the, the most exciting one to go to. Just the idea of teaching. I like that. I love that idea. I mean, I love talking to students now. I love talking to high school students. I love talking to college students. And, um, you know, we sort of feel at CMI that it's, it's on us to help educate that next generation. You know, we spend a lot of time educating brands, you know, um, big brands, small brands, companies of all kinds. But we also think it's part of our duty to educate the next generation. And anything that I can do in that regard, I love doing. And I think if I weren't 
if I weren't a teacher in a different life, then you know what I'd be doing. I would be adopting and fostering pets all day, every day. But I kind of feel like I do that too. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then you and I could find a big farm to live on because yes. both of our husbands would divorce us. So yes. and it's like, there's, there's no limit to my, you know, desire to want to help another pet or another know. animal or a wild animal or anything. So yeah, my, my daughter keeps saying she'd love to live out on like a hobby farm and I'm, I will pay for the hobby farm because yes, right? <laughs> I figure awesome. I'm going to spend half my time there anyways. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Love it. Yes. So, you know, you've given us already some, some great insights and, and, you know, values and things to work towards, but for our listeners, particularly the women in our audience, what would be your best advice, um, life, career, success, and happiness that you'd like to share? Um, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll maybe start with some of the things I tell my daughters. My daughters are 21 and 23. One is just starting a career, you know, her career, uh, one who is still in college. And, um, I always say to them, one, when you get a job or an internship or whatever you're doing, that's, you know, part of your professional life, don't expect to love it all the time. You don't have to, you won't, but you sort of have to love it much of the time, or maybe it's not the right place to be. Um, I also try to give advice to um, that you don't necessarily have to be competing with the person who's willing to work 12 hour days, every weekend, all of that. You don't have to do that to make an impact in a job, in a career. And sometimes I feel like, not not to say that you don't have to bust your butt when you start off. You do. You got to, you know, you have to build your, you have to build your resume. You have to work hard. But I think, um, you know, trying to compete with someone who's willing to exhaust themselves all the time for attention or whatever is really not a healthy work life. And I say to women too, like we, we should always just try to keep lifting women up. You know, I mean, until we're making the same salaries across the board as men in every industry, we need to keep lifting each other up and, and um, helping each other out. Uh, you know, I've had people say to me, like we, we do a, an awards program um, with a partner Women in Content Marketing Awards. And I've had some people sitting like, why, why do you have to, you know, why do you have to pull out women? Why not just Content Marketing Awards? Which we do. We do Content Marketing Awards. Like, why would you, you know, segment women? It's like, because we, this is what we should be doing until we're all in a place where it feels equal. And it's not, you know, we're not there. We're not there. I mean, I, I'm not like suggesting marketing is so heavily unweighted, but so many industries are. And, you know, we just need to, to do better there. So, yeah. And, and I do, I, you know, I, I struggle with the whole, you know, specific women in tech or women in marketing specific awards because an award is an award and it, it should be based. I, so I, I hear both sides of the argument I, and I fall on either side, depending on the day and who I'm speaking with. So it is, it's, there's, there's never one right way to do things. Although I got to say, clearly you're doing the right things um, to get where you are and the accomplishments. And um, as you mentioned earlier, your team is amazing, which means, you know, it takes great leadership to have a great team. So thank you so much. You know, where can people find you? Web, social, upcoming events, any other speaking engagements? 
Yeah. So um, on uh, contentmarketinginstitute.com, um, you can connect me with, with me there. Uh, my email is stephanie.stall at informa.com. Informa is the parent company, great company, you know, for all the things we've been talking about today. Um, and on Twitter, um, I'm at Editor Stall. So you can find me at any of those places. And Content Marketing World is coming up in 99 days, I believe. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's 99 or 98, but it's now less than 100. So uh, it's coming up in September. We'd uh, we'd love to see you there. And what are the we'll dates again for, for Content Marketing World? September? 14th through the 16th. All right. And then 14th. we'll have a virtual experience on the 21st and 22nd for people who can't you know make the travel this year, which we understand is still still difficult for some. So. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Stephanie. This has been such an amazing conversation to all my listeners. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Stephanie and hearing about her journalistic journey from editor to GM at Informa and CMI. CMI, you know, literally one of the world's leading content marketing resources. So you've helped make it that. So congrats. If you're keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing women, join me next week when I'll be speaking with Caroline Kay, an entrepreneur, business and success coach and fellow podcaster. Tune in to learn how she molded her creative drive and passion for helping people into a successful coaching business. Based out of Italy, she gets to work with interesting people, fantastic companies, and continue her own adventure in learning, all the while consuming some of the best food and wine our planet has to offer. So thanks again, Stephanie. You've been an amazing guest. Thank you. I so enjoyed this conversation. I look forward to your next one, too. That's going to be a great one. Well, thanks. And uh, to all my listeners, thank you, and see you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey.